Good to be with you this evening. Um, on Saturday, March the 6th, 2023, King Charles III will be crowned. Uh, May, what did I say? June? March? Ahead of, ahead of time, there you go. Who'd have thought it? Uh, I'm sure the scene will be awesome. Uh, dignitaries from around the world will come and pay their respects and acclaim the new king. The pomp and ceremony, as people fill uh, Westminster Abbey, will be uh, through the roof as carriages, marching bands, and military processions take place to mark the event. Uh, the events of the coronation itself will be broadcast all around the world, with millions tuning in to see what happens. The event will be a time of grandeur, splendour, accompanied by a healthy dose of pageantry. I'm sure none of us who watch it will ever forget it. How very different that is from the coronation of King Jesus. The contrast couldn't be stronger. While King Charles will be universally acclaimed, King Jesus was mocked and, and scorned and derided at his coronation. While King Charles will be paraded through the streets of London in front of delighted crowds in luxury and comfort, King Jesus' procession to his coronation was marked by weakness and frailty and stained with blood. While King Charles will be surrounded by friends, family, the great and the good when he's crowned, King Jesus was crowned alone, having been betrayed by one of his friends, denied by another and abandoned by the rest. Because the coronation of King Jesus took place not in a splendid abbey, but on Calvary's hill. It took place not in comfort and ease, but in the agony of execution. So Jesus is crowned as he gives his life up on the cross <coughs> for you and for me to, to pay for our sins, to, to save us from God's wrath, to defeat the devil and deliver us from his evil clutches, to bring the Father supreme glory. At least that's how Jesus himself understands the cross. And John chapter 12, Jesus speaks of verse 23, the hour coming. For the Son of Man to be glorified. The hour is the reason for Jesus coming to earth. It's the purpose of his mission. It's the event the clock has been ticking towards. And it refers to his death on the cross. And so in his obedience to the Father, as Jesus died, he says he is glorified. Or in his own words, again, verse 32. When Jesus dies, he is lifted up. Which is a phrase with a double meaning. He's literally lifted up as he's hung on a Roman cross between heaven and earth, strung up as a sacrifice for sin. But also metaphorically lifted up when he dies. He is in that moment exalted, shown to be the obedient son, supreme and sovereign. See, the cross is the throne on which King Jesus is crowned. Uh, the coronation of King Jesus is very different from that of King Charles, and far more profound, far more significant, and far more important for us to pay attention to tonight. And so just for a few moments, we're going to meditate together on the coronation of King Jesus, using these verses from John chapter 12 to help us. I hope we'll see why this event is so crucial and such good news for our fearful and weary hearts tonight. So Jesus' coronation matters so much as it shows us three things. Firstly, that the cross gives us life. The cross gives us life. 
Jesus shows this by drawing a parallel between what happens in nature and what will soon happen when he dies. Look at verse 24. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The picture makes sense, doesn't it? One single seed, if it lives, staying out of the soil, will always remain a singular seed. It, it won't germinate. But if the seed dies, if, if it is buried, planted in the ground, then it produces life. It, it multiplies. It gives life to others. So it is with Jesus himself. In order to give life to others, it was necessary for Jesus to die, to be buried, planted in the ground. And in this act, in this death, Jesus gives life to a huge multitude. Although Jesus is an individual, his actions give life to countless others as a result. And this life that Jesus gives through his death is rich and, and true and satisfying. It's described elsewhere in John's Gospel as like eating such amazing food that you never go hungry again. Or drinking such refreshing water that you never thirst again. It's the life we were created to enjoy, eternal life, as our sins are forgiven and we receive God's spirit. Eternal life where we know God and have a vital relationship with him, which starts now and goes through physical death. This life flows to us because of Jesus' death on the cross. The cross gives us life, Jesus says. And friends, that's the reason you and I have life tonight. We only live because Jesus died. And we gathered here tonight and in countless churches around the world are the fruit, the result of Jesus' life-giving death where he is crowned as he's lifted up. We enjoy eternal life because Jesus died. And so if nothing else, Good Friday allows us to lift our hearts in praise and thanks to him. And actually ever since Jesus died, this life has been overflowing to others to people all around the world from all sorts of different backgrounds who speak all sorts of different languages from all sorts of different cultures, races and ethnicities. And that global scale is hinted at here in John 12. It's the request of some Greeks to see Jesus in verse 20 which triggers the teaching here. As these non-Jews ask for an introduction to Jesus, Jesus immediately speaks about giving life to many seeds. Seeds from a Jewish background and seeds from a non-Jewish Gentile background. Verse 32, Jesus speaks about drawing all people to himself through his death. Which can't mean everyone without exception because sadly some do resist Jesus and perish apart from him. Jesus is referring to all sorts of different people who receive life from the king as he's crowned on the cross regardless of their cultural or ethnic background. And we tonight are caught up in this amazing story of life overflowing to others. We're the ones who receive it. We are blessed to live because Jesus died. We are part of this international family. The King Jesus is gathering around his cross. And in a symbolic way, as we gather around the table this evening, we reflect and represent that and reenact that before our very eyes.
King Jesus' coronation is important because the cross gives us life. Second reason the coronation of Jesus is so crucial this Good Friday is that the cross shapes our life. Because that's the move Jesus makes next. The cross is to be the shape and the pattern for our lives. Look at verse 26. Jesus goes seamlessly on. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. Do you see the connection between those two parts of what we've seen so far? Jesus dies. He's buried in the ground to give life to others. And if we serve Jesus, then we too will follow him in that way. Where he is, then we too will be. It's like we're stuck to him with spiritual superglue. See, he lays down his life for others. And as we follow Jesus, as we are shaped by the cross, we too lay down our lives to give life to others. Obviously not in the same way as King Jesus. He is uniquely qualified to lay down his life to win true, real, lasting, authentic life for us. But as we follow Jesus, we are called to be willing to lay our lives down so that others might hear about Jesus and find life in him too. As we die in that sense, we too can give life to others, imitating our wonderful and beautiful saviour. The cross is to shape our life. It is the source of our life and now the shape of our life, Jesus says. Well, that's a demanding call this Good Friday, isn't it? To lay down our lives in this way. To let the cross shape us in this costly way. Jesus describes it in terms of hating our life in this world. Strong language Jesus uses, isn't it? That's what he calls us to. To hate our life. To give up any expectations of cultural acceptability we might have. Because the world will always reject the good news of Jesus. We are to hate our life and give up dreams of comfort. And sharing Jesus will always provoke the anger and irritation of some. We are to hate our life and abandon our hopes of fitting in. As being defined by Jesus will always mark us as different from the world around us. It's a big ask Jesus gives. But it's the only sensible option. Look at verse 25. If we hate our lives, then Jesus promises we will keep it for eternal life. So this Good Friday, as we find our hearts drawn again in thanks to Jesus, let's also hear the call again to let the cross shape our lives. Let's serve and follow King Jesus to the place where we too lay down our lives to give life to others. So who can you be praying for this Easter time to share the good news of Jesus with? Who would you love to see find life in him? What might it cost you to cross that pain barrier and start sharing Jesus with them? We will find this hard and costly. So let's hear again as our comfort, the great promise Jesus makes if we step into this reality. Verse 26. My father will honour the one who serves me. The cross shapes our life. Thirdly and finally, the cross defeats evil. See, that's the third reason why the coronation of Jesus is good news this Good Friday. Jesus describes his impending death on the cross, verse 31, as the time for judgment on this world. 
You see, when Jesus is crowned, the world thinks that it's judging him, writing him off, delivering its verdict, condemning him to a shameful criminal's death. And yet, at a deeper level, when Jesus is crowned, it is the world that is being judged. Despite how it looks, the world is on, in the dock and on trial when Jesus is executed. The world is being exposed at the cross. It, its sinfulness, its selfishness, its twisted, inverted moral values are displayed. As the only truly innocent one, the good and upright one, is brutally executed in, a, in an act of staggering injustice and political expediency. See, the cross speaks a word of judgment against every human system that opposes God, that resists Jesus, and sets itself up in defiance of him. The cross is the time, Jesus says, when the world is judged, condemned and exposed. And the cross is a sign in the middle of history that evil one day will fully and finally be defeated when King Jesus comes, not in humility to die, but in glory to reign forever. But when Jesus is crowned, cosmic evil is also defeated too. Verse 31, Jesus again speaks of his death as the time when the prince of this world will be driven out. The prince of this world is Satan, the great enemy of God, an opponent of God's people. He has no claim over Jesus. So as Jesus willingly gives his life in place of sinners like you and me, he is able to deliver us from, the, uh, from Satan's evil clutches. He is able to drive out Satan and roll back his power over those who trust in him. And again, this moment in the middle of history is a sign that Satan will fully and finally be defeated one day, visibly, when Jesus returns. As Jesus dies, the world is judged. The prince of this world is driven out. The cross defeats evil. At a social and at a cosmic level. And that means tonight, this Good Friday, we have nothing to fear. Jesus is victorious. His death has judged the world, and so we don't need to worry too much about what the world thinks about us. What it posts on social media about us. We can just focus on being faithful to King Jesus. His death has driven out Satan, so we don't need to fear for our spiritual state. Tonight we are held in the hands of King Jesus. Satan has no claim over us now in Jesus. We stand firm in Jesus, bound to Jesus, and protected by Jesus. And he will keep us. But never let go of us. Although it feels that often things in our world are out of control and it seems that evil is gaining the upper hand, we can be encouraged. The cross has spoken a word of judgment and defeat over the world and the prince of this world. And that word of the cross is decisive because there Jesus is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords who promises one day to fully remove evil from the new world he makes when he comes. Until then, we can be confident the cross defeats evil. The coronation of King Charles III will be momentous, regardless of when it happens in the diary.
But the coronation of King Jesus outstrips it in depth, in beauty, and profundity, doesn't it? As Jesus is crowned, as he dies, life flows to us, to others, to the world. And we are called to look to Jesus only and always for true and lasting life. As Jesus is crowned and he dies, we find the shape of our life in response. We are called to lay down our life so that others might live. As Jesus is crowned, evil is defeated and we are called to rest secure in his finished work. It is his coronation that gives us life, that defeats evil and shapes our life. So this Good Friday, let's remember again the coronation of our King Jesus. Let's draw near to him in faith. Let's draw near to him at the table. Put our lives again into his hands, knowing that is always the best place for them to be.